This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 153 of the Dressage Radio Show. Welcome to the program. Chris Stafford back with you. And this week on the show, we're going to be reviewing the FEI Reem Accra World Cup Finals, which took place in Setogenbosch last week in the Netherlands and crowned the Dutch champion yet again. Adeline Cornelinson, as you all know, if you follow the sport closely, was crowned the World Cup champion yet again with Jerik Patsivel. And there was a lot of other goings on uh, at the show there last week. And Kim Kreling, my colleague from Germany, is going to give us a report in just a moment. And later on in the show, we're going to begin a brand new segment called Have Your Say. And kicking off that segment is two regular listeners to the Dressage Radio Show. In fact, I think they've listened to each and every episode since the very beginning. And that is Robert Dunn from Wisconsin and Liz Call from Massachusetts. And they have a topic on their mind. It is something that I think involves the majority of uh, listeners around the world, that most of you are amateurs, and they are going to uh, share their views about what it's like to be an adult amateur. Joining me now from Germany to review the Reem Accra FEI World Cup Finals is my friend Kim Kreling. Kim, welcome back to the show. Yes, hello Chris, welcome. Yes, lovely to hear you again. I, I know that you've had quite an intensive week we should say with so much happening in the german camp i mean terrible tragedies we should mention first before we talk about the competition itself the impact of the deaths of some very very treasured and and uh, colleagues that you've known for a long time yes you're right chris there was first our um long time very well known internationally well known dita graf landsberg to to Wien, who died then we had the former national coach, dressage coach, uh, Siegfried Peilicke, which all of us know very long. And then the very, very shocking sudden death of Holger Schnitzer one day before the start of the World Cup final in Zertogenbosch. And to be really honest, we are all shocked now and we can't believe it. Everybody is thinking Holger will call any minute or, or, or say something, come around the corner or anything because he was just 65 years old and he was in, in best condition. He was very much looking forward to his retirement after the Olympics in London. He has this little daughter, six years old, which he was looking forward to have more time with her. He he wanted to do some, some judging, some more training. And yeah, so, so the whole dressage world, and I really do mean the whole dressage world, not only the Germans, Germans but also the international world, was really really depressed and shocked and um, we are not over it now. No, it will take a while to, I think, transition when you lose someone so suddenly, there's no warning and yeah. so suddenly, and someone who had such a vital role in equestrian sport yeah. in Germany. Yeah. And, you know, one has to feel for the competitors who were, of course, the most impacted because they had to turn around and compete in a World Cup final such as Isabel Werth. Yeah, you're right. But on the other way, I think it was the only way they could handle it, these things. They were sitting together because it happened Thursday night. 
and they were sitting together half of the night discussing, talking, and crying, of course. And they all said, we have to write, we have to write for him, because that exactly would have been what Holder would have wanted them to do. And the same uh, thing was with Johnny Hilberard, his co-trainer, and one of his best, best friends. They really worked together very, very closely. He was totally upset, but also Johnny Hilberard said, no, we have to write, and we have to do it for Holger. Mm. And and they did. And I think that was the only way they could do it. Um, it to be honest, I talked quite a while for a while with Isabel Wehrt, who had a very bad first day. We all know Isabel, who is in the scene for over 20 years, doing a wonderful job with several horses. But she was so upset, I don't know how to call it, but he re- she really couldn't concentrate the first day. She made faults she never did before, like a very bad uh, raining back and, and some faults she, she just never does. Then, but she was a little better the uh, next day and said, okay, this had something to do in the freestyle. This had something to do with riding again. But to be honest, I wasn't just in a competition mood. And mm-hmm. I knew him for so long. We have done one Olympics, two world championships, and four European championships together. They have known for over 20 years, have have had ups and downs together. And she she couldn't stand it. And, and to be honest, she was... She was one who, who couldn't stand to stay another night in the hotel where Holger died because it was the hotel of the Holger Sasha Keep of the German Keep and they wanted to meet up for dinner on Thursday night and he just didn't show up. And so Isabel decided, okay, I can't stand here one more night and she drove home and came back next day and yeah. I, I, I can fully, fully understand her and um, as I said, it will take a few more, not days, not weeks, I think months, to really get to, to to know what what happened because it was so sudden, and to make that adjustment, well, I, certainly, um, you know, our hearts go out to everybody uh, and that was impacted by this. And as you mentioned, Isabel did rally a little bit in the freestyle with El Santo, El Santo NRW. He finished fourth. So, yeah, uh, you know, I guess you know her competitive spirit came through. She she at least um, did the best she could on the final day, and yeah. you know, yeah. fourth for him with that field was was okay. No, she was quite happy, to be honest, with the freestyle. And as as you said, and as we know here, she is really, really a competitive type, and he is a sport, sports type and ambitious and everything. But on the other side, and I think that's part of her power, she is really, really emotional. Mm, yes. So this yes. is a combination. You don't have that often. And so sometimes, okay, things are going really, really good. And sometimes it's a little hard, but she did a good job on in the freestyle with El Santo with the uh, 11-year-old Ehren Tushsan. But, and I'm sorry to say, but he has this PF and it is a problem. But he had 79%, nearly 80%, 79.9, which is a high mark. I think we, we can say that. And he did get that, get that uh, although... He has that PF, so that shows how strong he is in all the other uh, mm. uh, movements because he has a, such a wonderful um, drop and gallop to it. It's really, really fantastic. If there wouldn't be the PF, we would, whew, he would be really, really a good, <laughs> good one. <laughs> he is. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Maybe uh, 
they'll do it one day. Well, yes, I'm, I'm sure back to the training arena now for her to prepare for <laughs> the Olympic Games, of course. Now, the Yes, but she has another horse. She does have For her. the Olympics, yes. She does have Don Johnson. Yes. Which is a very interesting horse. And so we see she, she has two in her mind. Yes. A younger horse, I've been watching him come up through, so he's a good prospect for her, isn't he? Oh, yes, he is. Mm -hmm. He can do anything. He can really do anything, but he has to get a little more serious sometimes. Maybe we call it that way. He is always uh, good for a joke. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's talk about the rest of that competition, how it started off... um, Kim, obviously, you know, with what had happened in the German camp, there must have been, such, you know, obviously a preoccupation there. Helen Langenhannenberg, I'm really, really impressed with her. She's been on the show. She's had a very good winter with Damon Hill, hasn't she? Yeah, she is fantastic. She really, really is fantastic. She is very strong. If you see her as a person, she is really not very high, very thin. She's about 50 uh, kilograms, which is n- next to nothing for Damon Hill. Yeah. But with such a power, she really made this horse uh, in a new way now. She, he is lighter in the mouth. He, he used to be a little unsteady in the mouth and in the neck. But that's a way he's really close from up the, behind the legs. And it's so fantastic, the elegant and lightness. Uh, so really, we were all deeply, deeply impressed. And 85.214%, that's yes. her highest mark now. She had uh, 84, she had twice before, but this was the highest marks. And yeah, last press conference, it was a little funny because the um, chief judge, uh, Guillaume Fouange from the Netherlands, said in a very easy way, he, he said, oh, Helen could have easily beaten Adelinde today. Huh. <laughs> so the Netherlands, whoo, <laughs> couldn't breathe for a little bowling uh, moment. Adelinde was catching up for some breath. And but he really was too very impressed. He said Adelina's freestyle should be a little more difficult, and then uh, she would have beaten Adelinda. Wow! Well, so <laughs> to be close. honest, I, I mean, yes, I'm not so sure what, where it should be more difficult. I think myself it is quite difficult. Helen thinks it's quite difficult, but nevertheless. She already works on a new one and says, okay, we'll see how it works. Uh, I'm not sure which one I'm thinking of when I go uh, to Olympia, but it was a very, very big success. And uh, Damon Hill has now a, a, a break and she all she only wants to do two more shows before the Olympics at the German Championship in Bayer and, and Aachen. And that's, that's it. That's it, huh? Well, So she is really going through. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, that's wonderful for her. And such a nice yeah. person. Fantastic. Yeah. Very, very strong. And, of course, she also was very, very touched. She always said, Olga is the one who gave me the chance. Olga is the one who said in the beginning, try it, you can it, you make it. And she is training with Klaus Balkenhol, of course, and he is all uh, uh, a great supporter of her as well. But, um, yeah, she really was touched. And I got the feeling it made her even stronger this time because mentally she is really, really strong, always fully concentrated. If you mm-hmm. see in her, eye, in, in her eyes in the working uh, uh, warm-up area, it's unbelievable. Fully focused on the sport and... 
yeah, she did a super, super job. And for me, it's if Damon Hill is going to stay in that form and is going to be healthy, they are part of the team, that's yeah, for sure. They're very strong, mm -hmm. very, very strong. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. so close, as you said, in that freestyle, very close to Adeline Cornelinson mm -hmm. with Jerik Parzival, who was the eventual winner there, just 86.25. So just so close. And Adeline has to be concerned now, looking over her shoulder as this uh, season unfolds, Kim. No. She says she's not at all. And there were no Brits there, we should say. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Adelinda said, for she, she, she knows uh, Parsival was not on the top form yet because her goal is, as for the most riders, it's Olympics. Yeah. Oh, I should, I should say there were no Brits. There was not, you know, that that Charlotte and, and Carl were not there. But, of course, uh, no. uh, Richard Davidson was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Adelinde said, okay, I'd say Parsival is now at 85 to 90%, but he's not on 100%. And if you remember Parsival in Rotterdam last year, European Championships, mm. there is a step more. We, know, we all know he, he can do even better. That's for sure. But of course, he did a fantastic job. And even Adelinde, she had a very, very difficult start. Remember the first red check, which he didn't yes. pass. Yes. What was Parsival that about? What happened? That was really, really funny because she couldn't, she couldn't tell us what had happened because he, he was perfectly okay and then he was a little tensed in the uh, vet check and a little spooky and so it wasn't quite easy to see and uh, okay, Passiwell went to the holding box waiting with two other horses, the other two passed after a few minutes but Passiwell didn't. Okay, Adelina said, I'm going and ride him. And he did ride him a few minutes after the red check, and everything felt perfect, she said. So she was, of course, a little unsure for the night. She had, mm. could have slept better. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in the morning, everything was fine. And uh, she said she got such a good feeling uh, riding him after the red check. She couldn't believe there's something. It must have been really a momentarily uh, situation of tense or spooky. Mm. So I have no idea, and you couldn't see anything in the in the test at all. So a nervous he wasn't, start for her. Yeah, but Parsival wasn't that easy to be very very critical. Now we know him a little more easy and fluent in in Rotterdam. Of course, he was fantastic in Piaf Passage, and he didn't do any falls. And uh, no, no, it, it was fantastic. But I'm sure for London. He's going to top herself with. She's going to top her, herself. Well, sure. well, that would be interesting then. Well, Valentina Truppa, the Italian rider, she's yeah. been here on the show. Delightful girl with uh, Remo del Castello, and what yeah. a wonderful winter she's had. Rather like Helen, the two of them have had a fantastic preparation yeah. for these finals, haven't they, Kim? Yeah, and Valentina couldn't really believe sitting at the podium <laughs> at the end of the file. She was totally overwhelmed. And it, she is so such a, a lovely, colorful pair because she, she and she loves to tell she I'm Italian and my horse is Italian and of course the music <laughs> is Italian. Those Italian songs everybody knows worldwide, like O Sole Mio or Maria, Marina, you know. Yes. You could I'm sure you could better do it uh, as I can, but it's such an Italian vivid, colorful pair. It really is funny to look at them. And then and Valentina in her uh, uniform of the Carabinieri, which she's very mm -hmm. proud of. Yes. And 
she did a really, really good test and with a lot of expression, no faults, with a good Piaf Passage tour. So I'm really, really thinking this pair is going to be very interesting for London as well. So as as Johnny Hilbert said, after seeing all those really good horses and riders, he said, I think it's a a good uh, um, thought for London. Everything so is open. Good. Yeah, Everything so good for the is sport, open. Isn't it? Yep. It, it's fantastic for the sport. Mm-hmm. But of course, you are absolutely right. We haven't seen a few riders yet. We haven't had Ravel uh, uh, in in Zertogenbosch. We haven't had Vallegro. We haven't had uh, Karl Hester with mm-hmm. Utopia. Mm-hmm. So we'll see the. To be honest, in Germany, we'll have a good uh, weekend next next year, this coming up weekend, because we'll see the British team in Hagen. In Hagen. Yes, I'm so, sorry, but I hear that uh, Carl Hester is not going to be there. No, in the last, yes, last we, minute today. Last minute, that's yes. it. Yeah. So we were all looking really, really forward to it, but because our best riders are coming. Okay, Helen has got a break with Damon Hill, uh, but all the others are coming. Totilus is coming for the first time since Rotterdam. So we are all looking very, for, very much forward yeah. to it, and. Yeah, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. And after this World Cup final, which has been a real, real high-level freestyle, they all have been better than in the Grand Prix. But, okay, first day is always a little little lower, let's say, and the whole atmosphere was a little low at the first day. So it's going to be very interesting in London. Just your thoughts, Kim, before I let you go, about um, Hans-Peter Menderhood with uh, Glocks Tango, who, who finished sixth, then yeah. Nadine Kappelman with Gerasol, and Toy Story with Patrick Kittle. Patrick has had a, I mean, he won World Cup qualifiers. He had a really, really good winter. Just yeah. finishing eighth there. And, of course, Tina Willemsen-Silverson, who had a wonderful winter in Florida with Don Oriello yeah. and, and Favorite as well. Um, just your thoughts on that group of riders. So if I suit to the middle group you're talking about, yes. now the middle of the World Cup final, and we shouldn't forget about Lone Jørgensen and his new uh, De Niro San De Vito. De Vito, hmm? Very, very, very good horses. I, I'd say that's for sure. And, okay, Tango, he had some problem like El Santo and the Piaf. We have to, to say that. The other things, really, really good. I am not, I'm sorry, I'm German, okay, but I'm not enthusiastic about Girasol because this horse, is, I think, is really, really one of the world's best horses. But Nadine has to be on the safe side. And she really can't go for, for any risk. So she does get the sevens and the eights, but in that horse are the nines and the tens. And we are waiting for that. So we are all know Patrick Kittel and Toy Story doing a really, really good job, but with a, with a bit of tension, you know? Mm-hmm. A little bit here, a little bit there. He didn't have any faults. But it wasn't that you wouldn't say, wow. It was the last thing that fell, that was missing. I think Tina has a wonderful horse with Don Ariello, who, who we know in Germany very well because he had done the uh, uh, Grand Prix tour for young horses uh, a year ago. A fantastic horse. And I'm very, very sure if Tina and Don Ariello know, give them a three, two, two th- uh, three more months, they'll be 5% more than now. They have... Ended up with seventy four three point point uh, seventy four three nine three, 
I'm sure they will be next to eight because eighty because this horse is fantastic and Gina's doing a wonderful job with him. And Lone Jagensen, who bought this horse when it was a foal for her daughter, and now in in nearly one and a half years, up in the in the top league again, it's a fantastic horse, having every everything. And you know, Lona uh, was uh, having su- such uh, some excitement in the freestyle, starting to greet the judges, and then let off uh, her reins. She didn't oh. have the reins anymore. So oh the whole crowd ah! and Lola, ah! collecting her reins and then starting and doing a wonderful job. Oh yeah, that's not a good time to lose your reins, is it? No, she was really laughing afterwards <laughs> because she said, last time it happened to me, it, it's about 20 years ago and it wasn't at a World Cup final, but I say, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good, good sport. Well, also we should uh, say well done to Richard Davidson for putting the only British rider yes. there with Hiskos Artemis. Good performance, seventy-eight point five seven one for him. I mean, to finish right we, outside really, the leaders. One sentence to Richard Davidson, because this horse is again, as I said, it, it, it's not a horse you you see the nines and tens, but very, very easy test, very, very fluently, very much of harmony. So it really was very much fun to look at them. Consistent test. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. absolutely. Terrific. Reliable, as a very good team, those two, of course. They know each other for very long, and mm. but you can see it. You can feel it if you watch them, and that was very nice. And we should, of course, mention the American entries. They finished 15th and 16th. Rafalka with Jan Abeling and uh, <laughs> come on the third with Shauna Harding, who was on the show last week, talking about her final preparation for there. And I think both of them, at least uh, Shauna, was planning to go on to Hagen this week. And Hagen is actually quite an important show. You get a very good international entry there, don't you, Kim, at Hagen? It's unbelievable. Over the last five, six years, uh, Ulrich Kasselmann really started, I'd say, as a Top class, but little show. And now everybody wants to come to Hagen. They even start on Wednesdays now. Must be they, the beer. Is it the beer and the bratwurst? And, <laughs> yeah? No, I really do think it's some of the privacy Ulrich Kasselmann and his family gives, gives to the riders. Ah, yes. It's a very, very special relationship between the riders and the whole Kasselmann team. And you feel very special at the, at the show. And uh, I had a talk about, uh, with Patrick Kittel about the show, and he said, this is one of the shows, if you're really having bad results, it doesn't matter. You do go home and are in a good mood. Yes, just a feel-good yeah. competition for everybody. Well, that's yeah. nice. That's nice. That's what the sport's all about. Just to, to summarize, then, the World Cup finals this year in Setogenbosch, a good crowd or sold out, a full crowd there. It's a good sport. Absolutely uh, full crowd, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. It was absolutely filled up. In, during, in the breaks of the competitions, you couldn't, couldn't manage to go through the exhibition because it was so crowded and a lot of people. And Did no, you have to fight your way to the wine bar, Kim? I don't have time. <laughs> As you know, I, I never know have time. <laughs> I know you don't, my friend. You're always very busy at these. Now, will you get, be going to Antahagen? Yes, sure. Good, sure. excellent. And, of course, uh, Aachen is the other big one uh, as a final uh, preparation for the Olympics. Now, yeah. what, when will Germany name their team, Kim? I know you've got a list already. When will it be finalized? After Aachen. Right after Aachen. The day after That's Aachen. Typical, yeah. yeah. Okay. Usually it's, it's yeah. on the Sunday night after Aachen. Yeah, This Great. is our last test, yeah. 
Great. Well, we will see you in London. Yes, we... looking forward to that. Yes, looking forward to seeing you again and uh, and getting your opinions on on the dressage. And thank you so much for coming on, Kim. I know how busy you are after a World Cup. Lots of articles <laughs> to write, but uh, always time to stop by and uh, tell us your thoughts on the World Cup final. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you, Chris. And there's a link to the full results from Setogan Bosch's World Cup finals on our show notes at dressageradio.com. Well, our next segment is a brand new one. I had this idea that I thought it would be fun for any listeners out there to have their say. I'm going to call this segment Have Your Say, and it is an opportunity to come on the show with someone else if you wanted to discuss a topic or if you want to join either Robert or Liz, uh, Robert Dunn and Liz McCall, they're both the regular listeners to the show, and they're going to kick off this new segment, and uh, they're going to find uh, people out there in the dressage world too who have an opinion, maybe a gripe, maybe a topic that needs to be discussed from uh, their perspective. So this is your opportunity if you'd like to take part. And as I say, kicking off with our very first segment is a topic uh, that I think is dear to many people's hearts because so many of you are adult amateurs. So Liz and Robert will join me in just a moment right after this musical interlude from Mary Ann Kennedy. Yeah. 
Joining me now to kick off our brand new segment, Have Your Say, is Liz Call and Robert Dunn. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. It's great to have you both on because you've both been on in the past. You're both loyal listeners of the show, so I thought of nobody better to kick off this new series. So, Liz, you have a topic in mind, so over to you. Thank you, Chris. Um, I was interested in talking about uh, adult amateurs, um, which I am and Robert is as well, and just thinking that the adult amateurs is a very big um demographics for dressage and you know when you're thinking the people that are buying your school masters that are volunteering at your shows um really all adult amateurs and robert has recently become president of his local tmo and i'm very curious about hearing about that robert thank you liz i'm president of central states dressage and eventing association how you got um interested or you know so involved in I actually sort of fell into dressage, being one of those people who, being a little kid, I loved horses, but I grew up in South Dakota, where dressage wasn't really very big, and I'd never heard of it. But in college, I had a friend who worked at some horse shows, and he invited me to some dressage shows to volunteer, and I was like, sure, I have no idea what that is, but I'll go because it's horses. And I was there for a weekend scribing and fell in love with the sport. And ever since then, I've tried volunteering at shows whenever I could. And I moved to Minnesota and decided if I was going to start riding, I better do it because I wasn't getting younger. And I started taking lessons and volunteering at more shows and meeting more people. And eventually, two years ago, I ended up on the board of directors for Central States Dressage and Eventing. And the president was stepping down because it was the end of her term. And they voted and I became president. So I've become very involved in my, the local organization in the last few years. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, how often do you get to ride? I try to ride when work allows three to four times a week. I ride at a barn that's about 30 minutes from where I live, so some days if I have to work too long, it gets to be a bit challenging, but I do get down there as often as I can. And do you own your horse or lease a horse? I'm in a situation, actually, that would make many people jealous. I work in theater, and being in the arts, it's very rewarding personally and emotionally, but financially, there's not a big reward. So I can't afford a horse, but since I've become so connected with the community, I help people when they're going through the L program and made some very good friends that way and expressed that I would love to go through the judges training program, but you have to have scores. So a friend of mine who has a retired Grand Prix mare knows that I would like to do the L program and she is bringing up a young horse. So she's concentrating on the young horse and I'm riding her retired Grand Prix mare to keep her in shape and hopefully to show her this summer and get some scores to qualify me for the L program. Oh, that's exciting. It's very exciting. I'm learning very much from this mare and to not express how much I appreciate the fact that my friend is letting me do this on her amazing horse. I am an adult amateur. I have been involved with horses uh, most of my life. Um, but I think like Robert, I don't come from a background that would, you know, I can't finance myself by riding. Um, so I work full-time as a physician, and I show as an adult amateur. I um, have two horses, and I have shown um, through pre-St. George. I think um, as an adult amateur, um, when I compete, I really kind of compete more you know, to show the judges my training 
you know, how my, my horse is doing rather, and, you know, against open riders. But then at, at the year end, it's kind of fun to see how I stack up against the other adult amateurs. Um, I also, um, you know, I've done a lot of volunteering. I have tried to, to do that um, as well. And, you know, kind of at this point, since I'm so busy, I um, try to volunteer at one show a year. So that's kind of where I'm with that. So I'll ask you, so how do you balance the whole, because I also am an adult amateur. I don't have the two horses. I wish I did. But how do you balance, and this is a question I'm stealing from you, but how do you balance riding with work? Because as a physician, I'm sure you're very busy with work. How do you make the time work out for that? How often do you get out to the barn and get to ride? Yeah, well, it, that's definitely been a challenge, and I, I think I've um, made a lot of decisions where um, you, I have moved um, recently to Dutchess County, New York, so that I am very close to a very good barn where uh, Courtney King Dye keeps her horses um, seasonally, and Lyndon Gray comes once a week. Um, I work as an OBGYN, so I have at least one 24-hour shift in the hospital a week, and I work one out of every five weekends. But I also have a four-day week, and when I am done with work, I just kind of go to the barn. And I laugh about it because, you know, people say, well, you're from Vermont. You must ski. You must do this. You must do that. And I used to do a lot more things. Um, now I pretty much work and ride, but that's kind of what I want to do, you know? So there, you definitely make sacrifices to do this, but, um, and it can be kind of tired from, you know, in the winter when the days are short and you might get out of work a little bit late and it's six o'clock and I'm going to the barn and I'll be the only one there. So, so, you know, some Sometimes there are days that it's a little bit challenging just getting to the barn, but I love the horses, and um, it's such a great sport to be involved in that it's worth those days that it's a little bit hard to ride because most days right. it's really what I want to do. Because I'll be honest, that's the biggest challenge I find. I mean, I'm jealous of the professionals who are out there on five and six horses or eight horses or ten horses a day, because I know there are a lot of days working in theater that I put in a long day and we have dress rehearsals and I'm exhausted, but I know that I have to somehow work up the energy to get out to the barn and ride or this mare who is now 24 years old is not going to stay in shape. And if she misses a few days, she's not happy when I get out there and work her again. So I think the schedule becomes my biggest challenge being an adult amateur when I'm busy at work. Yeah, and I have to kind of take that pressure off myself because, you know, for instance, this week, I one of my dogs had to have a big surgery, and I just I couldn't do it. I needed to come home from work and take care of the dog, and I didn't ride for three days in a row. And that's where I think, even though I want to compete this year, having that sort of adult amateur title takes a little bit of the pressure off. If I was a professional and I needed to show and do really, really well, it would be really stressful for me. Although obviously I wouldn't have to work full time either. But, you know, I try to, in my mind, kind of keep it on. There's a day that I should be riding, but life comes in, 
into play that it just doesn't work out. I really kind of work to try not to feel badly that the horse has had the day off. No, that's a great perspective because there are a lot of days I beat myself up because I haven't been able to make it to the barn and I probably look at it more often like that. But I'm not a professional. They're not expecting me mm-hmm. to be a professional if I show up at horse shows this summer. That's a very good perspective. Yeah, and you want to keep, you know, you want to think I'm doing, you know, these are my circumstances and you know, this is my love for my horse and my love for my sport. And to kind of bring that to the table when I go to a show and not to think that I need to compete against every professional in my division, but just to have that joy of showing the judges what I have been able to do. Well, I think that uh, is a very good perspective. I want to thank you both very much for having your say this week about uh, adult amateurs. And uh, if anyone is listening that would like to be part of this, they can contact me here at the Horse Radio Network, chris at horseradionetwork.com, and uh, you can have that conversation on a topic with either Liz or Robert. Uh, Thank you both for joining me this week. Well, thank Thank you, you, Chris. Gotta give them hay Gotta go feed the horses Because it's a brand new day Gotta go feed the horses Gotta feed them now Gotta go feed the horses Because horses need the chow No time for coffee Can't take time for me Gotta take care of the animals So many mouths to feed Gotta go feed Gotta go feed Thanks to Marianne Kennedy for rounding off our segment of Have Your Say. And before we go and feed, I just want to remind you that you too can take part in that brand new segment of Have Your Say. All you have to do is drop me an email to chris at horseradionetwork.com or you can stop by the Facebook fan page and leave your suggestions there. And it can be absolutely any topic in the sport of dressage. And my thanks to Kim Krelling for our World Cup final report. Our show notes are over at dressageradio.com. My guest on the show next week is Swiss legend Christine Stuckelberger, so I hope you'll join me then. In the meantime, I'm going to head over to the Kentucky Horse Park for the Rolex Kentucky three-day event. I'll be back at the same time, same place next week, so until then, thank you all for listening. (laughs) 